2: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good
3: afternoon and welcome. It is The um, the Ride Home, the Tuesday edition. We are thrilled that you're with us. We've got a, a, an action-packed, jammed show today. As you can see, we are once again in our, the confines of our homes Kath, uh, looking good there on the third Mm -hmm. floor?
4: Uh, I'm actually on the second floor, John, but thanks. I thought you were Mm -hmm. on the third floor. No, I'm on the second floor now. Well,
3: you look fine wherever you are.
4: Thank you. you. I mean, you wouldn't know that since you're in a different home than I am.
3: Thank you. Yeah. Uh Okay, let me ask you a question. Uh, It's not something you do every morning, but do you look in the mirror and ask yourself, Am I a jerk? (laughs) Am I a jerk? I mean, it Uh, seems like a reasonable question, doesn't it?
4: I'll be honest. Up to this point, I haven't, but based on you bringing up the subject on the air today, I feel like perhaps I should.
3: Right. Okay. I mean, the fact of the matter is, of course, we all know that there are uh, presumably uh, genuine jerks in the world, right? Many of these um, jerks mm-hmm. have a, a high moral or um, a deeply seated uh, opinion of themselves. Uh uh-huh. um, But the fact of the matter is, uh, when you look around the world today, whether you're looking at the mirror and you go, am I a jerk? <laughs> Psychologists uh, tend to say that we have a very strong self knowledge of who we are. Okay, so okay. L- work with me here. People who are talkative tend to know that they are talkative, right? Okay. Yes. We have a good, fairly good self assessment of our strengths and weaknesses. Our weaknesses. Psychologists would say that. However, there is a deficiency when we look at our jerkiness. We are unable for many way many reasons to to understand why we may act like uh-huh. a jerk and especially to identify ourselves as a jerk.
4: So right? we can't, you're saying we're having a hard time assessing our jerkdom.
3: That's right. Okay or jerkiness.
4: So,
3: so um how about this? The first have you been to, talking
4: to my husband, first no, off?
3: No, no, no. And, and I'm not pointing the finger at you. Generally, when I'm asking this question... I mean,
4: it's, only, it's only two of us on the air, so I'm not sure how else to take it.
3: <laughs> I'm looking at myself in a mirror. A little sensitive kinda,
4: right now here, John, in the no, home.
3: It, I, I guess the, the the way to look at this is you have to define what exactly is a jerk. Because right. how many times in your life have you gone, oh, look, that guy just cut me off in traffic. What a jerk. Or well, that yeah. person coughing at me right now in line, a giant eagle, that person's a jerk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what exactly is a jerk? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me give you a, a sort of a loose definition of what I would consider to be a jerk. Okay. Jerks are people who fail to appreciate the perspectives of people around them, treating others as tools to be used or manipulated. To be a jerk is to be ignorant in a certain way, ignorant of the value of others, mm-hmm. ignorant of the merit of others, dismissive of people's plans, their beliefs, unforgiving perhaps of their perceived inferiority. Right?
4: Okay, that's look a lot.
3: Someone who wants to use you to look through you and to get what they want.
4: Is this the time when I give myself a rating on a scale of one to 10? Well,
3: I'm just wanting you to well, uh, well, confer positive or negative in that assessment.
4: I will say, I believe every uh, conflict I've had with my family here uh, since quarantine began is based on one of us qualifying as jerk. <laughs> Sometimes all four of us. Right. Just 100% across the board. Right. Check it off.
3: Okay. So. That's a good point. So no one presumably is pure jerk or okay. on the flip side, pure sweetheart. Yes. Let's define that. Okay. What exactly is a sweetheart?
4: Okay. Do you have a working definition?
3: Well, I'll just use this in my own loose terms. Someone who is altruistic. Mm-hmm. Someone who looks for the best in others. Someone who is selfless. The opposite of wanting to be someone who's a user, Mm -hmm. someone who looks through someone, someone who's trying their darndest to get exactly what they want in exactly the moment that they want it. Right? Yes. So there are jerks in this world. There are sweethearts in this world, right? The sweethearts are most worried that they have been acting like jerks. So if you are Mm. thinking right now, all right, uh, he's describing me as a jerk.
4: Oh, that what? means you're actually a sweetheart.
3: Well, I mean, maybe that's true. Okay. But it also might be super jerked him thinking that, well, uh, yeah, I'm a sweetheart. There's no way I could possibly be a jerk, even though you might be one. Make sense?
4: I mean, this is a lot of self-analysis at a time when I'm already emotionally fragile.
3: Because that's exactly why I'm bringing it up. Uh-huh. If you're home and you're isolated especially in close quarters with two or three people, right? Or more. Right, or more. That jerkiness can come out in a really big way.
4: Okay, what I'd like to know is if the scarcity of resources increases your tendency toward jerkdom. Oh,
3: I'm sure. Because, right, we are all grabbing for the things that we need. Look at the toilet paper shortage, right? The so-called toilet paper shortage. That brings out the jerkiness in everyone.
4: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or what about the allocation of resources such that everybody needs to have quiet in your house at a particular time? That's mm-hmm. what we're struggling with here is that each one of my daughters is in school and has to submit you know, some sort of video project or be a part of a class or something like that. And so it has to be quiet. My husband's a teacher, and so he has to record lessons, and then I'm up here with you guys.
3: <laughs> right. So on different floors, there's different activity. Right. Everyone's striving for the same thing, right, to get their work done. It's just a matter of how you go about that with the the amount of noise level that's allocated for that individual person.
4: I have had to apologize more than several times.
3: Okay. So just the fact that you are self-aware enough to see your noise level or your own jerkiness, then that would... You know that uh, I think eliminates some measure okay. of thank the you ball of jerkiness. Thank you. So maybe you know you're less than and not the full sort of ball of jerk, jerk that uh-huh. some people can be.
4: What about my uh, outburst yesterday before the show began?
3: Right. No. No. That was um. That was fine. Um, okay. You want to tell that story?
4: Well, the story was that we were about to go on the air, and I realized that my computer, which is powering my the Zoom connection, which is helping us to have a video stream on Facebook now, which you can watch, 101.5 Word FM or the ride home with John and Kathy, Don't be was losing power because I didn't have it plugged in. And the reason it wasn't plugged in is I didn't have a three-pronged outlet and the entire floor. And so I had to find an extension cord. Anyway, I was laying on the floor over to this section of the room shortly before the show started. And as I was laying on the floor, I just was overcome with despair and anger thinking, this is not a studio. How am I supposed to put this together? How have we all ended up in this position? What is our future? It went downhill.
3: Okay. So then while you were lying on the floor, uh. Mike and I were also plugged into to this live. We did not know. I did not know that you were lying on the floor. I just mm. heard this disembodied voice between you complaining and your husband trying to soothe you down.
4: He was trying to talk me off the ledge Look, and uh, the whole time I left my mic on. Do not do this. If you are watching this and working at home, let me give you one piece of advice. Turn your mic off.
3: So later on, you apologize. I said, if that's your worst outburst, then you essentially are a saint. Okay. Because believe me, if we had somebody following us around and we saw our own worst outburst, it's not a pretty sight. (sighs) Okay. So I guess my point is in these weird times, We need to think of ourselves less to dampen down the jerkiness in our own lives, to be kind, empathetic, compassionate, more, dare I say, Christ-like in these moments of severe stress. That's my point.
4: I hear you loud and clear. All right.
3: And maybe in your quiet times, we should all revert to reading our Bible a little bit more, right, to follow the, uh, the attention of Jesus in our lives.
4: And turn your mic off. <laughs> okay. right. How's the God. show look today? It looks good today. I'm excited about it. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk about how we can stay productive when our routines have gone out the window. How do we stay productive doing our jobs? How do we maybe even increase in creativity when everything about our normal daily life has really... I don't know, been turned upside down.
3: Very nice. Okay, we're going to leave right now and take a quick break. So stick around, won't you please? Uh, Drew Dick is with us in just a few minutes. He's got a house full of little kids trying not to be a jerk in mm-hmm. this really weird time we're living in. Stay with us. We're streaming live on Facebook. Facebook. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy. Look for us at 101.5. Ford 101.5 FM.
5: WORD.
0: Clues keep falling into place on the next Adventure and Odyssey. Just when Jason Whittaker believes he's cracked the case blackard's
6: diabolical plot he winds up in jail but can top secret information
7: stored in a laptop computer reveal what's really going on and bring dr
0: blackard to justice learn more next time on adventures and odyssey Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, WORD. We're
3: all spending more time at home these days, but somehow the wind and the rain didn't get the memo about shelter in place. Hey, listen, there's some great news from Windows R Us Pittsburgh. They've been granted a waiver by the governor to handle any emergency repairs outside your home. If you've had damage to your roof, gutters, siding, or windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can still answer the call. And everything will be handled in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines to keep your family and their employees safe. You may be eligible for free repair or replacement with the area's premier exterior replacement company with over 50 years of home remodeling experience. Visit com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers for a no-pressure approach with no hidden fees and one of the fastest turnarounds in the industry, a company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, Windows or us, Pittsburgh.com. That's Windows or us, Pittsburgh.com.
8: It's time to stand with Israel. Sebastian Gorka here, inviting you to register for a life-changing trip to Israel December 2nd to 11th. Join me, my friend Mike Lindell, and hundreds of patriots on the Stand With Israel tour, a journey to the Holy Land to get first-hand insights in to Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Register today at sebgorka.com. On the Stand with Israel tour, history, culture, and faith will converge right before your eyes in a truly remarkable country. I'll take you behind the scenes to explore over 40 iconic sites during an all-inclusive 10-day tour this December. We'll pray at the ancient Western Wall, sail the picturesque Sea of Galilee, float on the Dead Sea, explore modern Tel Aviv, and much more. Best of all, we'll be together with like-minded supporters of the Nation of Israel. Reserve your spot today and travel with me on the Stand with Israel tour. Visit SebGorka.com and click on the Israel banner. That's SebGorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A.com. Oh, whale! Guys, whale! Wow,
0: whale. Oh, that's a big whale. Um, okay.
6: Whale, whale, whale. Oh, no, whale!
8: tides can turn quick on the water. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Get a quote today in as little as three minutes at progressive.com.
0: At least it wasn't a shark, am I right?
8: (laughs) (sighs) Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
3: Well, right now, at this moment, our houses, both Kath and mine's house, are very, very quiet. Everyone's been so super cooperative. We greatly appreciate that. However, in homes all across America right now... People are quietly or maybe not so losing their minds because they're trying to get work done and they may have toddlers or tweens or teens in their house. And of course, those kids are doing their own thing as well. So how do you stay productive at the same time, Mm -hmm. allowing your family life to go forward? Well, Drew Dick is with us. Drew's a writer, editor at Moody Publishers. He's the author of Generation X Christian. Also, Yawning at Tigers, his latest is called Your Future Self Will Thank You, Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science. Drew, welcome back to the show.
7: Again.
4: Drew, we haven't talked to you in so long. Please tell us about the chaos that is your home.
7: (laughs) Yes. Well, you know, in one way, it's not as much of a change as it has been for some people, because I work from home, right? And so I thought, hey, this will be easy. But here's here's what changed, is that our two oldest children, uh, of course, all the schools are shut. So now they're home all day. Uh, And that presents all kinds of difficulties. When I first heard about the quarantine, I was like, hey, this sounds kind of cool. You know, Grace, my wife and I, we can watch some TV, our favorite shows, do some reading, have some nice dinners, and then I realized... But we're stuck in here with three children.
5: <laughs>
7: and and that, that ruins, that ruins the yourself. whole thing. That ruins the whole thing. I mean, it, was, it yeah. was sweet and lovely for the first few days. And then after a while, you know, you kind of start getting on each other's nerves, especially here in the Northwest. It's rainy. Today, thankfully, it's sunny. But for a few days there in a row, we couldn't, like, go outside without an umbrella. And so you're stuck inside the house. Yeah, it's a challenge for sure.
3: <laughs> so, Drew, h- how old are your kids?
7: They are eight years old, five and oh man, how old's their toddler? Sixteen months. Yeah. So okay. yeah. And my wife, I just gotta say my wife's got the hardest job because she's the one doing the homeschooling uh while chasing a toddler and trying to homeschool the, the two older kids. Uh so this is this has definitely been a disruption to our schedule. Uh yeah. <laughs> if we're trying mm-hmm. to cope with it.
4: Yeah, Drew, that sounds really easy. Okay, let's get to the hard stuff. Now, what What about when our daily work, our daily schedule is interrupted? I think this is the hardest thing that my family has had to adjust to. I have older kids than you. Um, and they're trying to maintain their school life. My husband's a teacher. He's trying to teach online. I'm trying to do the show and all the prep and such that goes with John and Mike. And it's hard for all of us to have quiet at the time we need it. And, and our, you know, we're not getting up at the same time. We're all in the house. It's it. We're having a hard time staying sane.
7: Yes. No, I can identify. Um, and the first thing I would say is just this. Even though everything's been kind of thrown up in the air and everything's been disrupted, keep the things that you can consistent. So, you know, if if you used to go into an office or or to a warehouse or whatever it was, um, and now you're working from home, try to wake up at the same time every day. Uh, Get dressed. You know, don't flop around in your pajamas. I I have done that too much in the past, but it just does something to you psychologically where you're not... (laughs) in a frame of mind to work and be productive. Um, And so, you know, try to keep uh, some sort of continuity and consistency. Uh, I think that really helps. Uh, And then on the other end of it too, like start work at the same time every day, but then try to stop work as well. Because sometimes when you are working from home, your work can just kind of bleed over into the evenings and be really disruptive. So that's one thing. The other thing, this has been huge for us, especially with kids. Uh, in the house while you're trying to work, create a family schedule. Um, I, I just—it's amazing to me how our children will defer to the schedule. So it'll be like, okay, from nine to ten, you're doing schoolwork. From ten to eleven, it's you know free reading time or whatever. And when they come in and disrupt me as they inevitably will still, uh, I can at least say, hey, look, the schedule. According to the schedule, you're supposed to be doing X. it just kind of helps get everyone back on track rather than the day just kind of being an open and free for all. So we found that really helpful in our home.
3: Okay. So you should have a routine and everyone should have a personal schedule that everyone's following along. That's excellent advice, Drew. I've got a friend um, who's, who's been doing this the last couple of weeks, his place is so tight with so many kids that he's reverted to going inside of his family minivan and using the minivan as his office.
7: That's a, that's a nice life hack. I might use that one. Fortunately, I have an office in my house that has a door that locks, and it's just one of the things I'm thanking the Lord for these days. Uh, unfortunately, it's not soundproof, so, you know, at any moment here, you could hear some screaming or, or something outside, right. but <laughs> you do what you can.
4: Yeah. I think the minivan thing has some potential. Like John's never shared this with me before, but this could be a, a breakthrough moment for all of us.
3: Oh, and that's not me. It, yeah. I'm saying it's a friend of mine. I'll it's put those friend. in quotes. Okay.
4: Sure. Okay. All right, Drew. Uh, Drew and you're, so you're you're you mobile. you're used you can, to working can, at home. A lot on. of people aren't yeah. used to working at home, so it's even more of a shock. But how do you we started off the show today? This was our topic. How to tell if you're a jerk. Okay, so John gave me several assessment tools, several of which I failed miserably on. But how do you not be a jerk to your kids Mm. when you're trying to work from home?
7: Yeah, well, that's that's big. I don't know. Uh, I've probably been (laughs) guilty of being a jerk. I I think the assessment tool for me would be to ask my wife, and I don't know if I'd like the answer. Um, But (laughs) yeah, I, I think one thing is to cut your kids some slack right? This is, um, I, I tend to think of the disruption to my own life. Um, but of course their lives have been disrupted as well. They're missing their friends. They're, they're, they're on a new, uh, schedule and routine. Uh, and so there may be some behaviors and it's hard to imagine, but sometimes they get sick of their parents and their siblings. Uh, so they're dealing with some extra kind of interpersonal stress. Uh, and so we have to cut them some slack and ourselves as well. That's one thing, you know, I, I've read a lot of, Great articles on productivity during this time, and you know, um, scheduling your time. There, there's some great tips for sure out there. But at the same time, with, with such a disruption, not to mention sort of the overriding anxiety and fear that a lot of us are feeling, maybe about our loved ones, our own health, our finances, you know, you're going to have those days where you don't get as much done or you plow through a whole bunch of bad snacks starting with the Oreos. Or you, you know, you're not the most productive person. Uh, I think the worst thing you can do in those circumstances is to really kind of beat yourself up and, and get down on yourself and go, "What's wrong with me?" Just, you know, say this day wasn't great. Let's start over again tomorrow. Let's try to stick to the routine. Let's, uh, you know, and also get some breaks from each other if you can, even if you're stuck in the same house. Encourage everyone to kind of get a little bit of alone time and then come back together again. Uh, but Overall, we need to extend some grace to each other and to ourselves.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Really good. Okay, so I, I like this a lot, Drew. Um, the the idea of you know people's fear, all the anxiety, uh, and, and I think it's probably true. You know, whether you're eight or eighty-eight, these are it's uncharted, uh, uncharted time. You know, uh, you're a writer, so I, I'm just kind of curious. You know, as you go throughout, you know, this period, whether it's uh, a month or two or five. Have you taken it upon yourself to to uh, start to journal a little bit to think about this? because you know down the line from now, you know 10, uh, uh, ten, twenty, maybe fifty years from now, you know, your children will go, "Hey, my dad, you know uh, you know we were doing this and we were hanging out, and here's his notes about the day. Maybe, maybe that would be helpful for everybody.
7: That's interesting. I have not done that, uh, but that's a that's a great practice because, like you said, we're in this kind of unprecedented at least in the modern period, uh, crisis, and we may want to look back. And sometimes, too, just when it comes to processing your feelings and anxieties and fears, that can be helpful. One thing for me, and this is pretty prosaic, but just making sure that you're not shortchanging. I heard you guys mention it earlier, but not shortchanging that time with God in His Word, in prayer, uh, because with so much anxiety and so much uncertainty, uh, it's easy to... to kind of get sidetracked or just to kind of be checking the news all the time, watching cable TV, and that can really engender a lot of anxiety in your life. And just to have that entering time in God's word and prayer every morning, that's another part of keeping consistent, um, I think does a tremendous good during this time.
9: Yeah, that's a great point.
4: Drew, I've never been a person who has done the de- morning devotional thing. I'll do devotions later in the day. Sometimes in the evening, I'm stronger at that point in the morning. I'm really hazy. I'll tell you, in this time, if I don't do it first thing, it does not happen. I don't, I think it's because of the pace of what we're doing right now and just maybe the, the angst level of normal life is amped up or whatever. But I find if I don't, if I don't start that way immediately, then I reach the end of the day and I just never did it.
7: I I can totally relate to that. You know, I'm not a morning person. I'm definitely a night owl. And yet I've found the same thing to be true for myself. And even when I would say, okay, listen, I'll I'll start the day by checking my email and jumping on social media for a bit. And what what happened in the news the day before? uh, And then I'll get to my Bible. It doesn't happen. Because a kid comes into my room, the day starts, uh, there's an urgent message to return or someone to call back. And then, you know, you put it off and think, I'll do it later. But then you're exhausted after the whole routine of the day. Family obligations, everything. So I found, yeah, if it doesn't happen just immediately, and it doesn't have to be some like extended time of like an hour in prayer or something like that. I mean, five minutes, just read a song. Yeah. And, and it does uh, wonders for just setting the tone for your day. Mm-hmm.
3: That's good I mean you know in many ways we've got you know of course obvious a uh, step up from a you know a secular perspective because if you did family devotionals especially if your kids were super little you could read passages you know that that talked about calm that talked about you know um, the idea of community all those different things that are available to us and maybe that would be you know the the notion for the day that everybody was at least on the same page and if you did lose it if you did lose it you could revert back to that as a family and say hey remember remember when we talked about this earlier in the day, it, it might sort of calm things down and make the apology come quicker for everybody who was um, injured in the, in the chaos.
7: Yes. So true. Uh, we had a little family devotionals, um, uh, a few days ago and I'm going to forget what it was about, but it's basically about being, you know, uh, tenderhearted. That's right. With each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as the kids got into fights, which of course they inevitably do, uh, the, the older ones are pretty close in age. Um, you know, it, it was kind of a touchstone that we could say, hey, guys, remember, we want to be tenderhearted towards each other. We want to forgive each other because God's forgiven us. You know, it's sort of the kind of mantra that you can come back uh, to. Um, and, of course, that works, too, when, if it's, you know, uh, stress and fighting with your spouse, uh, friends, family, whatever. Uh, I just think that's really helpful. Another thing that we've been challenged by, my wife and I had a conversation recently because we realized, you know, we'd watch the nightly news. And the kids maybe are paying attention, maybe not. But then you go, wow, it's talking about the death toll rising, um, right. you know, all, all this fear and uncertainty. Yeah. And, and they do catch some of that, right? And so we, we made the decision that, you know, what, let's kind of cut that back. We're out altogether. Uh, we do want to uh, be apprised of what's going on in the world and, and you know, uh, see you know, what's being talked about. But we have to be careful about just letting the news kind of run in the background. Uh, because it isn't helpful, and especially for young kids who don't have a frame of reference for what's going on. I think what raised my awareness about it is my son said, Dad, I heard about someone who was about your age who died. Um, And Mm -hmm. so, you know, you could tell he was thinking about it. Um, Mm -hmm. And, of course, you need to tell them that there's something going on, obviously, because they they know they can't go out in public and they know about the virus, but they don't need to be subjected to story after story of people dying. I think that's really traumatic.
3: Yeah. yeah, and you know, and those those uh, those luscious words at the end of the day, uh, Drew. I don't know if that, they were in your house, but we'd always say it's time for bed and bedtime. You know, of course, it was a moving thing whether when the kids were little or when they were older. But once bedtime happened and they were in in that bed for those few hours of solitude, were <laughs> really valuable, weren't they?
7: <laughs> <laughs> they sure are. Well, and, and usually when I announce the time for bed, it's met with screaming and and uh uh, uh, protestations for my children, so that's always fun. But once we get past that and actually get their teeth brushed and the, the nightly story, and I pray with them, and, and then, you know, they sometimes go to bed, sometimes not. But once they're down, oh, that's that, that beautiful time. Yes.
5: <laughs> and I have to admit,
7: <laughs> we just get the Netflix. like uh, we're not doing anything productive at that time. Uh, we just uh, uh, need to chill out a little bit and have some adult time. So that's always a beautiful part of the day.
4: Fabulous. Well, Drew, I want to be the person to assure you that your children will grow up, and at some point, they'll be able to put themselves to bed, and you can enjoy them as actually like co-adults. It will happen.
7: Yes. Yes. It's so much easier, right, with older kids? or What did you say? it's, It's so much easier, right? That's what I want to hear when the kids are older
3: it's a well, different feel drew it's, it's you know you're always going to be a parent whether they're nine or 29 we just fought uh different things along the way i
4: think you have to have a lot more depth when they're older because they ask uh, questions that are a lot harder
7: yeah right that's right. the way i've heard it it's like emotionally it's more taxing in many ways whereas you're not parenting like right now you know half of my job is just making sure they don't feel themselves, you know, putting well, sure. in their mouth, especially the little one, right? <laughs> Or stumbling down cool. the stairs. Um, but I'm not sitting there, you know, worried about them. Uh, you know, if they're out somewhere, what are they doing? What are they getting right. into?
3: <laughs> so, I think the days will come. Evolve yeah, those over days will time. come exactly. Drew,
4: thank you so much. We love you. <laughs> we appreciate your presence online and on our show. You're all a the funny information, guy. To, all the information about Drew Dick, you can find on our website, uh, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Follow and him on Twitter. You can follow him on Twitter and all sorts of different places. <laughs> Drew, thank you.
7: Thank you guys so much. It's been a pleasure.
4: Okay, that's Drew Dick. There he goes. Alright, we're gonna step away. When we come back, ten surprising facts about everyday household
10: objects. I bet these are ten things you haven't considered.
3: Yes, the fork as a tool of the devil. We'll find out.
10: Hello friends, it's me Marsha from the Spring House. We are hoping you are all healthy and safe. Our family wanted to let you know that because our cows are requiring twice a day milking, the spring house is still open for you to stop by for your farm fresh from our herd milk and hot out of the oven breads and buns and meats and cheeses and cookies and anything that will make life happy and comfy and easier during these uncertain times. Our buffet is still full of family recipe lunches and suppers every day to take home to eat at your own family table and our catering even created a special take and bake meal, which you can check out online. We even ordered in extra toilet paper in case any of you are in a pinch. We've been so blessed this last week by customers thanking us for staying open and, best of all, telling us that they're praying for us. We just wanted to let you know that we are praying for all of you, too. Here's a big hug. From all of us at the Spring House to
4: you, we love you. Obamacare, Trumpcare, ACA, COBRA, there are so many choices, but I'll bring one word to mind. Expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years. Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and do so prudently don't need maternity coverage call marley financial have pre-existing conditions call marley financial want just catastrophic or just accident you know the answer because they know how to design the plans most of their clients save 30 to 60 percent, which can add up to several thousand a year call todd at marley financial 724-884-1496 that's 724-884-1496 and on the web at marleyfg.com Todd Marley at Marley Financial. 724 884 1496
11: at marleyfg.com. Napa cares about the communities across America they are a part of. That's why, for those of you still having to get out there, Napa Auto Parts, Auto Care Centers, and Napa Online are ready to help you get where you need.
4: That's Napa know-how. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home.
12: Hi, I'm Jim Daly with Focus on the Family. A crisis situation can bring you and your spouse together or it can create stress and drive a wedge between you. Strained finances, a lack of intimacy, and tense communication and maybe some of the challenges you face when you're homebound. So think about this. What is your spouse's love language? The messiness of this moment could be the perfect time to serve your spouse and show him or her how much you love them. Remember, together, we're going to get through this.
5: 101.5 WORD FM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in at radio.com. Cloudy, mild tonight with showers and
11: a heavy thunderstorm. Low for the rest of your Tuesday, 54. Some spotty showers to start Wednesday, otherwise cloudy and breezy. High 67. Cloudy with showers late tomorrow night, low 46. Watch for showers to start Thursday, otherwise cloudy, windy, and cooler with a high 51. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb.
3: All right. So uh, a lot of us are spending much more time at home than we normally would. For sure. <laughs> I mean, if you're here 24-7, I've been looking around the house and, and looking at things with a greater appreciation. All right. And, and I saw this piece uh, at Smith, Smithsonian Magazine that talked about the surprising facts around our, heist, our household objects. Okay. So when, when we look at a mattress, okay, it's a mattress or you look at a pillow or your light switch. Those are all things we really don't think a whole lot about. We take it for granted. But the fact of the matter is, in ages past, unless you were super wealthy royalty of some sort, you had nothing like the things we have today. Only kings and queens, only the dukes and monarchs had themselves their very own mattress. A pillow was not available. The things of comfort, were not available to the common person. So let me let me talk to you about a few things. Think about um, the luxury, Kath, you and I would talk about this often, the luxury of a fireplace, the hearth. Well, it, in all homes, rich or poor, the hearth was always the centerpiece yes, of the house. Right. And summer, winter, spring, or fall, it was rarely not lit.
4: Right. And I want it to be the centerpiece of this house.
3: Yes. Well, it's not. Mm-mm. But the hearth, of course, was always, first and foremost, the centerpiece. How about this? Utensils, eating utensils. For the longest time, of course, people never ate with utensils. They used their fingers. Mm -hmm. You know, the Chinese were the first ones to create utensils with chopsticks. But the Chinese had their own chopsticks that were with them always because they thought that if they used someone else's chopsticks and put them in their mouth, that pieces of that person's personality who owned those chopsticks would go into their mouths as well. So your chopsticks were in some ways sacred. Mm -hmm. How about a fork? A fork, the Latin word for fork is furca, F-U-R-C-A. Which means, apparently, your daughter could speak to this much better than I could, in Latin, pitchfork. So many people did Didn't like the, the fork
4: because it was associated with the devil.
3: Yes, right? The fork was a pronged instrument that had whispers of the devil about them. Here's this. Listen to this. Uh in the Byzantine Empire, there was a woman, her name uh, was Maria, and believe me, I'm not going to even go to her last name. <laughs>
4: Don't even worry this, about it. Skip this was right the over year.
3: It. Thank you. This was the year 1004. She showed up at a uh, summer home in Venice, and she brought in a little velvet case, two pronged golden forks, which she used at a wedding. Now, the Venetians were shocked when she started to use this fork. She died, Maria did, three years later of the plague, and the people around her proclaimed it God's punishment because she was using Because the she fork. used the
4: fork. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay.
3: How about a key? Okay. Keys used to be so large because of course doors used to be so large.
4: I like a big key.
3: Some keys could be three feet in length.
4: That would be cool.
3: Mm-hmm. And apparently, I don't know this. I've, I'm sure I've read this, but gone by this. The prophet Isaiah proclaimed, and the key of the house of David will lay upon his shoulder. Because it was so long, it laid, it was in the key hole and came back onto his shoulder. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the key of the house of David will lay upon his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Those are just some household uh, things we take for granted and how other people used to think about them.
4: Uh huh. Right. Does that mean I shouldn't use a fork?
3: No, no. I think it's fine. I think you're okay. Just stay away from the chopsticks.
4: Okay. No, I like chopsticks. <laughs> Plus, I have my own chopsticks. Okay, hey, like we'll them. take
3: a break. Come back. When we come back, we're going to talk about Christians and hospitals. Of course, Christians were the one, essentially, who invented the idea of hospitals. That's next. Stay with us.
5: 101. 101.5
2: WORD. We hear a lot about God's judgment, but what about God's grace? On the next Focus on the Family, Canadian humorist Phil Calloway shares stories of childhood misdeeds, the perils of being a referee for church hockey, and
0: other situations where God's grace has a chance to shine. Next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly tonight at 8:30 on
3: 101.5 WORD. You've all helped build my pillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials. You're going to see some amazing offers. Right now, MyPillow is offering an exclusive radio special. Today, we're offering buy one, get one free on a variety of amazing products, including the Supima MyPillows, Giza Dream Sheets, MyPillow Towels, Roll and Go Anywhere Pillows, Duvet Covers, Giza Pillowcase, Bolster Pillows, and Neck Pillows. Plus, if you buy Mike Lindell's book, What Are the Odds? From Crack Addict to CEO, you'll get free shipping and a $25 gift card. Just go to MyPillow.com, enter promo code WORD, or call 800 be sure to use promo code Word. My pillow is answering the call for more face masks as the country continues to deal with a global coronavirus pandemic. They'll be making face masks for hospitals across the country.
13: Land ho! <laughs> hey, hey, seriously, land. land ho, guys. Guys, land ho! Land ho! Land ho! Land ho! Right there! Ah!
8: The tides can turn quick on the water. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered with sign and glide on water towing. Get a quote today in as little as three minutes at progressive.com.
0: I gotta
13: say, this land hoe thing, not very effective.
8: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliate. Sign and glide coverage is subject to policy
0: terms. Easter is a day to celebrate life with those you love. And Bistro to Go on the North Side is here to help you do just that. With simply delicious chef-prepared meals ready to take home to your family table Easter weekend. Enjoy brown sugar-baked ham with pine Pineapple sauce, maple glazed turkey, beef pot roast, or lasagna with a tasty array of sides, salads, and sumptuous desserts. With cold pickups Saturday, April 11th or hot pickups Easter Sunday. Order now at bistroandcompany.com. When you think about sending your kids off to college, do you get nervous about what they'll be learning?
4: Are you concerned that your faith perspective will be attacked or that your child won't be strong enough to withstand the challenge?
3: Check out No Safe Spaces, a documentary that takes you on campus to see what higher education in America is like today. The more info you as a parent have, the better. After all, you're paying for it.
4: You can watch No Safe Spaces on demand. Go to nosafespaces.com to find out how to watch this Dennis Prager film.
0: nosafespaces.com A daughter's squeal of delight can't be made in a factory or bottled in a jar or imported. It's a byproduct of the most important business in the world, raising children.
1: Daddy,
8: look at that picture I drew at school.
0: (laughs) Kids need fatherly love and input. They need a manly ear to hear about their accomplishments. They need Dad to make them obey.
8: Hey, Dad, what do you think about my new hairstyle?
0: When men make family life a top priority, studies show their children are better adjusted socially, healthier, and perform better at school.
14: Dad, I met the man I want to marry. He's just like you, Daddy.
0: No business success provides the satisfaction that a healthy, happy, loving family brings. Dad, your children need you. Be there for them, now and for the years to come. A friendly reminder for your family. From Focus on the Family.
3: So we've been talking about hospitals. Of course, it's on everyone's mind because of uh, what's happened with coronavirus and all the deaths. Uh, But when you look at hospitals, I mean, especially here, the city of Pittsburgh or anywhere, any city, oftentimes, you know, St. Jude's or uh, the University of Pittsburgh, Presbyterian Medical Center, most hospitals were started by faithful believers, right?
4: Yeah. I mean, it's one of the things that maybe in our increasingly secularized society, we've forgotten about or we don't appreciate. If you work in one of those hospitals, even today, you recognize that there's still a strong faith tradition. I worked at Montefiore Hospital for a long time. There's a strong Jewish tradition that still runs through the heart of that hospital. Um, that's how it started. And that's how it still is.
3: We're talking right now with Michael Austin from Christian History Magazine. Christian History Magazine is featuring articles this month about health care and hospitals and the mission of the church. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Great to be with you today.
4: Michael, you've produced a really beautiful piece visually. There's a lot of content as well, but just it's a lovely thing to look at. I want to encourage our listeners to check out ChristianHistoryInstitute.org. Um, so you can look at all the material there because there's so much to see. And I guess I want to start off talking about the Hippocratic Oath. Um, this is what people in the healthcare industry have taken um, as their own. It's what's keeping them going to work on a daily basis, especially when they're in fear for their own health, the health of their family. Can you talk about the origin of it and what we know?
15: The origin of that and the whole idea of hospitals, health care, uh, this amazing institution that we take for granted today uh, the entire undertaking is based on the biblical teaching that, uh, we are made in the image of God. And so, uh, our Heavenly Father, uh, created, uh, His own image. Um, I look at that as being, uh, basically that we have a mind, we have a soul, we have a spirit. And, um, that is uh, very similar to the, uh, uh, to the dog.
4: Well, all right. We lost him. Okay. Well,
15: Dana, we have a, um, a Holy spirit and we have his son who is our savior. So this is, um, this is where the Hippocratic oath comes from. And, uh, however, uh, our, our friends and, and, uh, loved ones in the healthcare, uh, industry and the healthcare um, field, if you will, um, they see miracles, I believe, (laughs) they see miracles on a daily basis. Why? Because they're uh, ministering to the poor, they're ministering to uh, those in need, and um, their healing uh, really comes from our Heavenly Father. Uh, He's the great, Great Physician and um, he's, he's the healer, he's the restorer, they have the privilege of, uh, of ministering to us with his, uh, with his help. So uh, we are blessed by, um, by this teaching from Scripture that uh, man has been created uh, in the image of God.
3: Michael Austin is with us from Christian History Magazine. Hey, Michael, uh, can, you, can you fill us in on the early days of what a hospital was founded on? I mean, who, was, who were those original people? Were it, was it somewhere in a monastery? Were, was it nuns? What does that look like from a Christian history perspective? Well,
15: you've got a great part of it in, in your question, because the, uh, the hospital itself, yes, evolved out of a changing monastery and nunnery kind of situation um, at the time of the Reformation. Um, however, it started from the very beginning, and we can read about that in Acts in, in the Bible. We can read uh, Paul talking about uh, the Christians, uh, his, his fellow workers who were ministering to, to people, and uh, our our Savior Jesus Christ gave us one of the greatest lessons in this, and that is the story of the of the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was teaching us a, a spiritual truths and uh, spiritual principles at that time, because he was telling us that the um, uh, the religious folks of the day. Uh, sadly passed up this man who would, had been uh, beaten and robbed and uh, <clears throat> was dying by the side of the road. Uh, he was passed up by, um, by ones who uh, certainly uh, could have had all the means to uh, minister to that individual. But uh, sadly, that individual was not of their tribe. He was not of their uh, side of the track, so to speak. And they passed him up. And who was it? That uh, reached out to him, it was a Samaritan. Now, a Samaritan in those days was ostracized. The Samaritan was not considered you know uh, worthy of the uh, of the the um, you know, attention of the ruling class. But I think uh, Jesus was telling them that um, you know we are all the same to him. He doesn't make these distinctions between the rich and the poor. Um, the 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 male and the female, right. uh, uh, the Jew and the Christian. He right. we're all made Ma- in His image. Michael, let
4: me Michael, let me interrupt you because our time is short. We only have a minute left. I'm sorry, but I want to make sure to ask <laughs> you about the perspective of early Christians on medicine there's a there's a, a kind of a conventional wisdom now saying that people who are religious are anti-science now and i don't buy that i know too many people who are believers in god and are you know fulfilling their careers in science all over the place but it is what a lot of people think how did early christians look at that
15: well they were uh, in in almost every field they pursued and and um, now you probably want to go to the period of time of reformation around the 1500s 1600s when um uh what what became scientists and what became uh explorers um and in inquiring minds were eager to find out truth they were eager to find out how they could better minister to people and the uh, the whole field of pharmacology uh medicine Again, inspired by biblical truth, because in the in the New Testament and Revelation, the, the nations of the world will be healed by the leaves of the trees. You know, our, our Father gave us these herbs and these um, uh, natural substances that have been converted through science into very powerful medicines. So Christians are all about it. Uh, it used to be, you know, the entire field of science was... was uh, uh, created, uh, fostered, and flourished uh, by Christians. Uh, Newton is a good example. Many others, almost every scientist uh, prior to, I would say, uh, the uh, mid-1900s were all Christians. Uh, this notion is, is simply an anti-Christian uh, falsehood that people are perpetuating um, who think that it's kind of corny to be a Christian these days. Uh, they're totally wrong about that.
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's Michael Michael uh, uh, from Christian History Magazine, Michael Austin. This current issue of Christian History Magazine is just a beautiful edition that talks about health care and hospitals and the mission of the church. Michael, thanks so much. We're going to step away uh, for so just much- a few minutes. We come back. Um, a different kind of mission. How about the history of the drive-thru? Thank goodness for Chick-fil-A, for McDonald's, for Starbucks. That makes our lives a heck of a lot easier, especially in the coronavirus times. Be right back.
9: The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management.
14: I was finishing undergrad and got credit cards because I couldn't work full-time. So that started the credit card journey for me.
9: If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496.
14: And then when I got married, we combined our credit card debt and it became impossible to pay off on our own. At that point, I was like, I don't know where to turn. And then I found Trinity.
9: Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands.
14: I Initially, was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. I mean, in a matter of three years, we've already paid down $20,000 in credit card debt, which is huge.
9: Call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496.
0: Maybe you can relate to this. A lot of people think they're stuck with their health plan. It costs too much, or for whatever reason, they just don't like it. The great news, you are not stuck with it. There is a choice. It's called Medishare and you could save so much. The typical savings for a family is 500 bucks a month. Major difference maker. This is the affordable alternative to health insurance and just to give you a little more info about Medishare, it's a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. It's worked beautifully for 26 years, has more than 400,000 members and they've shared over 3 billion dollars of each other's medical bills. So, yes, They can help share your needs, too, so you're not stuck. There's an excellent alternative, whether you're single or married, you got a family. Metashare is super flexible. You can choose an option that works for you and start saving lots of money. You can join anytime. They're great to talk to. No pressure. Call
2: 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE.
6: Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. five eight hundred five 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 twenty
3: eighty five. Thank goodness for the drive-through, right? I mean, can you imagine the business drive-throughs are doing right now? Whether it's Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, yep. or Burger King, um, right. do you know that seventy percent? Of takeouts or 70% of business from fast food places are through the drive through.
4: you mean on a, in a normal time yep really 70%, 70% is drive through.
3: yep 70% okay wow. 1951 uh, jack-in-the-box which is not a east coast no, uh, it's not around here fast food restaurant jack-in-the-box uh, started the drive through phenomenon 1951 now since then the 1970s started when Dave Thomas, remember that name? Oh, Dave yeah, Thomas, Wendy's. the founder of Wendy's. Yeah. Dave Thomas, he started his Wendy's empire, thought, I'm going to start to use drive through And so McDonald's and Burger King quickly followed suit. Mm-hmm. Um, the drive through by the late 1980s, it, it was capturing early 25% of the business, especially in early morning, which was new at the time breakfast servings.
4: Oh, the egg McMuffin on exactly, the Exactly,
3: go- right? Mm-hmm. Which I, I don't do. Do you do a drive-through breakfast? Have you ever done one? I don't I mean,
4: do it. I really don't do much of drive-through.
3: You don't do Chick-fil-A drive-through?
4: I mean not uh, periodically. I I don't I don't do fast food a whole lot.
3: Hmm. Well, the drive-through is like a godsend for a lot of Look, we were talking to Drew Dick earlier in the show. If you've got a bunch of little uh, listen, little kids. I
4: remember that so well. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to get those little rugrats out of the car,
3: you should. <laughs> Everyone's locked in, Come and on, baby, of we are staying there. Yeah, yeah, of course. So the history of the drive-through—it's one of the greatest inventions ever. Truly, it is. I think it'd be up there with the fork.
4: Support your local drive-through. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. We're gonna take a break for some news and uh, some uh, some weather. We come back. Uh, we've got much more going on in the 5 o'clock we sure hour. Do.
4: I want to talk about baseball a little bit. MLB has a crazy new idea for how to start the season early.
3: I don't like it. I don't plus like it at the, all.
4: Plus, we know when the Masters is going to be.
3: Maybe, right? Well, I mean,
4: okay. I mean, give me hope. Let me look forward to it, John.
3: I'm anxious about rushing into this and then all of a sudden being burnt and having a second wave of the corona, or the okay. rona, as they say.
4: Okay, we'll, we'll also around. talk... About the cheap thrills and instant gratification of home organization.
3: Mm-hmm. We're streaming live on 101.5 Word FM on Facebook. Stick around for that. Be back in a few minutes. Listen on your smart
5: speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com. iHeart, in and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORD FM, Pittsburgh.
16: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. A crew member of a Navy hospital ship sent to New York for the coronavirus outbreak has tested positive for the disease. The U.S. Comfort Crew member tested positive and is being isolated. The Navy says the positive test will not affect the uh, hospital ship's mission to receive patients. Thousands of Wisconsin voters waiting hours in line to cast ballots and the National Guard staffing overcrowded polling stations. This is straining the state's ability to hold today's presidential primary elections in the grip of an escalating pandemic. A rally on Wall Street evaporated after the price of crude oil took a sudden turn lower. The Dow fell 26 points today. The Nasdaq was off nearly 26, and the S&P 500 down 4 points. This is SRN News.
1: Gold. It's soaring. Are you missing it? If you have an IRA or 401k, you probably are. Less than 1% hold physical gold. We've been told by Wall Street it's for crazy people. Really? What's crazy about an asset that beats stocks 2 to 1? I'm Adam Barada, national best-selling author of the book, Gold is a Better Way, owner of Advantage Gold and Inc. 5000 member, and highest-rated gold IRA firm in the world. Gold is booming because gold is really about debt, and global debt is a pandemic. If you have an IRA or 401k, I want to give you my book for free. That's right, free. Text GOLD to 49776. That's the word GOLD to 49776. Learn why gold will outperform pumped up stocks from this point forward. Turn your IRA into a wealth growth machine. Text the word GOLD to 49776. It's time to stop being crazy. Text GOLD to 49776
8: it's time to stand with israel sebastian Gorka here inviting you to register for a life-changing trip to israel december 2nd to 11th join me my friend mike lindell and hundreds of patriots on the stand with israel tour a journey to the holy land to get first-hand insights into israel's fascinating past and promising future register today at seb on the stand with israel tour history culture and faith will converge right before your eyes in a truly remarkable country i'll take you behind the scenes to explore over 40 iconic sites during an all-inclusive 10-day tour this December. We'll pray at the ancient Western Wall, sail the picturesque Sea of Galilee, float on the Dead Sea, explore modern Tel Aviv, and much more. Best of all, we'll be together with like-minded supporters of the nation of Israel. Reserve your spot today and travel with me on the Stand with Israel tour. Visit SebGorka.com and click on the Israel banner. That's SebGorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A.com.
2: Spending more time inside? J&D Waterproofing can help you breathe a little easier. Protect your family, friends, and pets from mold, dampness, and other unhealthy elements. For over 80 years, J&D has been making Pittsburgh basements very dry and improving indoor air quality with solutions like the Easy Breathe System. Eliminate unhealthy mold and allergy-causing moisture without filters or reservoirs while using less energy than a 40-watt light bulb. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY or visit J.D. Waterproof.
1: America is a great big country filled
15: with all kinds of different people. And we all count.
2: That's why the 2020
7: census wants to make sure we're all counted. Why is it so important?
17: Because the census helps inform how hundreds of billions of dollars will be spent each year for things like
0: new roads, health clinics,
17: even more school programs.
0: So make sure you're counted because
5: you
13: count. Shape your future. Start here. Complete the census at 2020census.gov.
10: Paid for by U.S. Census Bureau.
11: Cloudy, mild tonight with showers and a heavy thunderstorm. Low for the rest of your Tuesday, 54. Some spondy showers to start Wednesday, otherwise cloudy and breezy. High 67. Cloudy with showers late tomorrow night, low 46. Watch for showers to start Thursday. Otherwise, cloudy, windy, and cooler with a high 51. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb.
2: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy
3: Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. It is the Tuesday uh, edition of The Ride Home. This is day two, and uh, Kath and I are home. We are safely ensconced in in spare rooms in our homes, and we're broadcasting and streaming video. so thanks for being with us. Kath, Mm -hmm. how are you?
4: I'm great. I want to thank everybody who's weighed in on our uh, Facebook stream today. And I invite you to do that. You know, give us a comment, something about the show or something that you want to say. I'd be happy to respond as I am able. And mm-hmm. if you like the stream, uh, share it with someone else, put it on your Facebook page, share it with your friends. We would appreciate that. we got a lot going on on today's show. If you missed any portion of the earlier, uh, you can listen on our podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, or you can watch on Facebook this evening maybe after you get home or after you're done working. John, I hear that this is supposed to be the golden age of the introvert.
3: Right, right. So um, I wonder if if you're an introvert, if you're home now and you are self-quarantined, if this is mm-hmm. everything that it's um, you've ever dreamt of. Mm-hmm. Because what I've discovered is talking to other friends of mine who are also quarantined as well, and especially those friends who are introverts, they are disappointed with where we are mm-hmm. because of what we're doing right now. The Zoom app, yep. it has intruded in everyone's life or yes. a lot of people's lives in unexpected ways. Yes. For your life, what do you think? Are you doing Zoom? Other, I mean, we're, we're broadcasting right now on Zoom. What right. about you just in the regular course of your friendships and family?
4: Well, I am definitely an introvert. And so this being at home does not bother me nearly as much as it bothers the average person. Yep. Um, so I get that I have. Um, and plus we have a lot, you know, preparing for the show is a whole day long procedure. So it's not like we have a lot of downtime. Uh, it's not like I'm walking around my house thinking, you know, what can I do with the next 30 minutes that that never happens. Um, but the thing I am noticing is that, um, introverts can run into each other if you know what i mean like if i was in the house alone that would be one thing but my introversion is bu- you know bucking up against my husband's introversion and my daughter's and then it all gets a little messy
3: so in t- here's here's what i've discovered okay? cuz i've done the same thing i'm talking to my college age son now he's been home from college for a couple of weeks right. he confessed to me the other day uh, he's not been literally out of the house for two full weeks. He he's hasn't not- even
4: stepped foot outside the house?
3: No. When he told me that, I said, you have to go out in the yard immediately. Please go go out for a walk somewhere in the yard. Just get out. But what That's I discovered- shocking. Yeah, it is. What I've discovered as I'm talking to him, because he's an introvert like myself, we're having a conversation, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I hope this conversation ends soon because I want to go back to my room. And really while I'm saying that I'm feeling guilty because I of course he's my son I love the kid like crazy and I want to be with him but at the same time I just want to be alone really yeah don't judge me
4: okay so is that in the evening time or is that like when during the daytime when we're getting ready for the show
3: hmm. I mean it's throughout the day
4: huh it's amazing you can put up with Mike and I and in our intrusion in your life for so long <laughs>
3: I mean, I think this is true, though. I mean, you you don't feel that way. This is not true in your life. The more alone I am, I believe the happier I am.
4: So the more alone you are, the more alone you want to be. Yeah. You're never going back in the studio, are you? You're going to demand that we all work around your schedule so you can broadcast from home forever.
3: This is something that you have to do, right, to be part of the world. You have to force yourself to go out and live a life. But given this free path, so to speak, of being home and, you know, earning a living and producing something, being creative while this is going on, this is a great golden gift. Now, I'm not saying I want to be in solitary confinement. I'm greatly thrilled to be around my right. wife and my children. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, the more alone time, the better off I feel.
4: Okay. Let's get Mike involved in this conversation. Mike, um, so do you call yourself an introvert or an extrovert, Mike? Oh, okay. uh,
3: definitely
18: He's an extrovert. An extrovert.
4: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, is this whole experience driving you out of your mind?
18: Absolutely. It's yeah. It's mm-hmm. driving me crazy. And, mm-hmm. and on top of that, I have a I have a toddler that just he just doesn't get it. I feel bad because he just wants to go out and yeah. and go to well, the he's park. He's three. He's three years old. He wants. To it's go hard to, to explain that to a three year old. Yeah. But. He wants to go to the park, and you know, I I see people from my neighborhood, and, and I, I'm used to going to the park and seeing old friends and, and neighbors, and we don't have that anymore. Like we literally walk past the park and the in the in uh, the the uh, swing sets are literally caution taped off. Right, it's uh, such a sad look. Um, I'm going crazy. I really am. I, yeah. I I'm, I'm ready. I'm so ready for this to be done and over with. I want to go to church. I want to see old friends. Mm-hmm. I want to have a party when this is over. I can't take this anymore. I can't. Mm-hmm. Listen, Mike came over to my house last
4: night and he
18: and my husband and I stood in a
4: triangle. We had a good seven <laughs> feet between us, but we did stand in a triangle did and have a cough? nice
9: long
18: conversation sure outside.
9: Did. Good, good. We no did. Coughed, was that no was that good
18: for you, Mike? Did you it, feel like you were kind of energized? I did. I went back in my car after after our conversation. I took a breath. I'm like, I feel rejuvenated. I feel okay. energized. I'm ready to All do right. this again. And hopefully All right.
3: you were holding a Clorox wipe.
18: <laughs> yeah, I was.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a break. We got uh, much more ahead. Terry Tim is with us. We've been we've been uh, praying, we've been reading scripture throughout these last couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. Terry Tim is gonna join us to talk exactly about the psalms. So stay with us for that. All right. It's the uh, uh, it's the Tuesday edition, streaming live on You almost Facebook. forgot
4: what day it was. You're such an introvert.
3: 101.5 Word FM on Facebook. Tell your friends, your family, gather around the hearth of the ride home on Facebook.
6: Back in a few minutes.
5: 101.5 woRd
6: you know there are some words that Christians use all the time but do we really know what they mean take the word glory for instance it's used more than 350 times in the Bible and almost always about God well this week our teacher dr J Vernon McGee explains what the word glory really means and I guarantee you it'll make your worship of God even more meaningful I'm Steve Schwetz inviting you to join us as we make our way
0: through the Bible this evening at 9 pm on 101.5 w
9: are you a responsible person who finds yourself growing deeper and deeper in credit card debt and you're not sure how to fix the problem? Then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Affinity Debt Management is a non organization that will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment. Put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, and reduce your interest rates by as much as 60%. You'll save thousands and become debt-free for keeps. It's not a loan. It's a smart way to relieve your stress, meet your obligations, and preserve your self-respect. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Gather up your bills and call this toll-free number for a free, no-obligation debt analysis. 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496.
13: There's a virus spreading across the country, but I'm not referring to the one you think. I'm talking about a different pandemic, the left's attack on free speech. But one film is fighting back, No Safe Spaces, featuring Salem Radio Network's Dennis Prager and comedian Adam Carolla. And now you can watch No Safe Spaces from the comfort of your home at nosafespaces.com. Watch this film that Hollywood, Netflix, and the left doesn't want you to see. Go to nosafespaces.com now.
0: You know, Connecting you with new customers. If you're a licensed counselor in Pennsylvania, Grace Wellness Center doesn't want to hire you. They want to partner with you. At Grace Wellness Center, you'll find the personal support and professional development you need to build your ideal clientele. Grace Wellness Center invests in you so you can invest in your clients. Get the support, training, and personal coaching you need to pursue your passion and build the kingdom with offices throughout Greater Pittsburgh. Join the team at thegracewellnesscenter.com. thanks for being with us. Over the
3: last couple of weeks, Kath and I have carved out a section of each show to read scripture. It's been um, a great encouragement for us to read it out loud, to hear God's words spoken out loud, I think is a life changer. I don't think that's an exaggeration to say that. There's something about saying it out loud that transforms your heart and mind. And so we've invited Terry Tim to join us. Terry's a regular guest on our show Terry's going to talk about Psalm 90, but before we start this conversation, let's delve into God's Word, and Kath and I will read Psalm 90. A Prayer of Moses, the Man of God. Lord, you've been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say,
4: If only we knew the power of your anger. Your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us for as many years as we have seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us, establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands.
3: Psalm 90. Terry, Tim is with us. Terry is the pastor at Christ Community Church of the South Hills. Terry, friend, uh, how are you in these uh, coronavirus times?
7: John, it's good to uh, good to hear your voice and Kathy, and that really was powerful. I mean, to hear the two of you read that psalm, uh, it, it it gripped me in a in a in a very different way. Uh, here I am in my third floor attic office, on the phone with you, and I, I miss dearly being in the studio with mm-hmm. you. But I have to say that was that was potent. Like God touch me through through your reading of God's word so thank you thank you for doing that for me and for your your listening audience, our pleasure
4: well, there's something about reading it out loud. I mean, we've seen Christians from all over the world online doing this. Um, we got this idea a couple of weeks ago, Terry, because we thought, wow, so this is a this is a movement that's growing. you know people are are seeing something different about the public reading at this point. It's not that it has more power, but maybe we just notice it more. I don't know, Terry, but you know there is something palpable about listening to the Word of God.
7: Oh, oh, there is. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we, we live in a culture. Uh, of re- reading has changed so much. I mean, we're we, uh, reading uh, to yourself is a fairly new phenomenon in human history, right? I mean, just mm-hmm. the the idea of reading something to yourself, and and even now we've we've gone from reading to yourself to now listening to things through earbuds. I mean, that we have all sorts of Bible apps, and we have it right in our ear. But but you're right. This idea of like communally reading and listening to the Word of God is powerful, and and particularly, I mean, all of God's Word is potent. But I'm finding like right now in this season, the Psalms are really speaking into in, into my heart and mind and soul, and uh, they are they are this you know this ancient collection of uh, all sorts of the genre of literature uh, that God. God inspired people to write and this psalm that you, you just read, I, I think it's I think it's the only one. There might be one other one, but I think it may be the only psalm that's attributed to Moses, the man of God. So I mean this is this is a prayer that comes from the lips and the heart of Moses. Uh you know, one of those our forefathers, the, the heroes of our faith. This was part of his heart, his his prayer, his his experience with God and by the Spirit, we're connected uh, to people of God that have come before us, the people of God who are with us today, and the people of God who will come after us. This this psalm connects us in that kind of great cloud of witnesses, and I, I love that. You know, we've been hearing that phrase, we're all in this together, and that's true. We're all globally in this thing together, but the psalms remind us that we're all in this human thing together. We are... Uh, god's people and we're, we're deeply deeply connected and so i i, I love the the way uh, the word of god uh, binds us together as a human community uh, throughout all generations
3: mm-hmm. terry as we're reading this and i'm, I'm listening of course as kathin is reading and as i was finished it, it struck me that this psalm cries out to us in a way that tells us you know um depending upon your age, you think, well, I've got this, I'm strong, I'm not worried, I'm not fearful, you know, I'm the master of my domain in many ways. But this song is a clarion call of how fragile we are and how short life is. I mean, uh, Psalm 90, um, uh, verse 10, the years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble, they are soon gone, and we fly away. I mean, so even, I, I, I take that by reason of strength. The medical profession, that is our reason of strength right now, mm-hmm. propelling us forward to be strong, to be healthy, but even under the best of circumstances, especially with the coronavirus, and ven- ventilators and all, our time is short. It, it,
7: this this COVID-19 crisis reminds, Reminds us of the fragility of human life. I mean, we know that to be true every single day, but this has brought it to uh, such a acute awareness. And as you keep reading in this psalm, you know, it it's kind of is right in the middle in, in my scripture, but verse twelve, which says, "Teach us to number our days," and I think this is one of the uh, I think this is actually one of the gifts that we are given in the midst of this crisis. Like, it is an opportunity for us to reflect on our humanity, our frailty, our brokenness, our inability to make more of life for ourselves. And, you know, I pray that, you know, one of the, yeah, I, I, I've been saying this to my church since day one in every crisis, there are seeds of opportunity. And I actually believe part of that seed of opportunity is for us to grow in wisdom. And the wisdom here is we can't extend our life, but God can give us wisdom Mm -hmm. so that however many days we have, fewer many, whatever it might be, we could actually live our lives in such a way that it would reflect the wisdom of God and and, th- and that really is is Moses' deep desire here for himself for the people that he led and I think it's a it, it it's a timeless prayer God would you grant us wisdom
4: and that's what we're going for now Terry right we really you know at, at times like this where so much is unsure and it's not just health it's job it's family it's future, all of those things are at risk. We think, okay, if we can't control any of that, then how can we navigate it well? And wisdom is the only answer.
7: Wisdom is the only answer. I mean, this is there, there's a quote going around from Barbara Brown Taylor that says something like, you know, we haven't lost control, right. but what we have lost is the illusion that we were yes. ever in control in the first place, right? Right. Yes. And, and you're right. It, it, there's so much more here than just the, the, the reality of our, our physical health. Mm-hmm. All of these unknowns, these X factors, and we, we don't know literally what tomorrow will bring or three weeks from now or six months from now. Will things reset? You know, probably to some extent, but in, in other ways, Things are going to be different. Things are going to be changed. That we, we will not go back to what was normal, you know, five weeks ago. Um, but better or worse, wisdom right? is you know, for better or for worse, right? I, I, I think some of the, some of the reset actually is. Uh, this is this is like a, a forced sabbatical in one way. Like God's mm-hmm. like say, I'm I'm going to I'm going to slow you down, and I do think part of the seeds of opportunity is for us to rethink why do we do some of the things we do is this necessary are we uh, are we pursuing the things that really do speak of wisdom and so one of my hopes and prayers is that we will learn some things in the midst of this crisis and then when when we come out on the other side we'll keep some of these patterns i mean wh- one of the one of the things that i've just noticed like people are kinder and gentler mhm like uh, that, that, that is such a gift. Like when I, I've lived in my neighborhood for 20 some years and literally there've been people who have walked by me for 20 years who've never made eye contact with me. Really? And you know what? They're looking me in the eye.
10: Nice. We're talking,
7: how you doing? You know, it's like all of a sudden the, the human factor has been raised exponentially. Yeah. And like, I want, I want that to stay with us as a, as a culture. Yes. And as a community, yeah. like that's yeah. wisdom.
3: Yeah, I mean, we we need to see each other, right? We need we, we just sort of get so immune to living with blinders on. You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about um, it's not the Psalms, but from an American perspective, uh, the play Our Town, Thornton Wilder's play, which is this beautiful slice of Americana, and it has this echo of this moment because what happens in the play is that this young couple gets married um emily and george and emily dies young in childbirth and the second act mm. of the play emily comes back as you know to visit her her mother she she gets one visit to go back and see and of course the living can't see the dead but emily in this monologue and you know every young uh, every young actor every young female actor has done this monologue and in it she's talking to her mother her mother's busy in the kitchen And she says, oh, mother, um, um," what does she say? Let me just find this. Just for a moment now, we're all together. Mama, just for a moment, be happy. Let's look at one another. I can't go on. It goes so fast. We don't have time to look at one another. I didn't realize. So all that was going on and we never noticed. And I think that's the moment. This clarion call you're talking about is the moment that it may give us this opportunity to stop and really look and consider the beauty and the grace that surrounds us daily.
7: Yeah. Yeah. It, and, and a big part of that is, is facing the, the reality that we are human and that our days here on planet earth are numbered, whether it's COVID-19 or, old age, cancer, heart attack, hit by a bus. I mean, the reality is that every day we get is a gift. And, and even though Moses says that, you know, all of our days are filled with uh, trouble and sorrow, the reality is even in the midst of trouble and sorrow, God God doesn't promise to, to to never allow us to go through dark valleys, but the promise is God is with us in the midst of that and that there can be a quality and dimension of life individually and communally that we can experience when we tap into the heart and the wisdom of God. The psalm starts off with the everlasting—I na- I love the psalm because it starts off with the everlasting nature of God. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God and you are our dwelling place. We find our hope in you, our home in you and then Moses ends this as well with god would would your favor rest on us and establish the work of our hands for us yes lord establish the work of our hands and i would really encourage people to take heart in in, in that prayer and to offer that for themselves for their family like god in the midst of this crisis would you, would you make your face to shine upon us? And would you help us to do our work well? And right mm-hmm. now, I think that work that God has given to all of us, I don't care what station, what season of life you're in, is to care, to care for oneself, to care for one's family, to care for one's neighborhood, to care for the common good of our world. And if we all put our shoulder into that, I mean, Actually, in the midst of the pain and sorrow, we can actually partner with God and one another to make the world more like God intends it to be, even in the midst of the brokenness. And to me, that's, that's the hope. That's the promise. That's the promise that we're living in this week. There's life, and there's death, and there's resurrection. And we need to be willing to let go of some things, die to some things, so that the, the true life that really is life can emerge. In
4: our midst. The the Tuesday of Holy Week. We've enjoyed our conversation with the Reverend Terry Tim, Christ Community Church of the South Hills. There he goes. Thanks, Terry. We love you. We need to step away. When we we come back, we'll talk about the uh, cheap thrills and the instant gratification of home organization. Are you doing that in your free time? We'll talk about it next in the right home.
9: Consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands.
14: I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. I mean, in a matter of three years, we've already paid down $20,000 in credit card debt, which is huge.
9: Call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. And
2: behold, Jesus met them on their way and greeted them. They approached, embraced his feet, and did a homage. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee... And there they will see me. There's a real reason for the Easter season. Share it with a friend. Send an Easter greeting for free. From crosscards.com. Spending more time inside? JD waterproofing can help you breathe a little easier. Protect your family, friends, and pets from mold, dampness, and other unhealthy elements. For over 80 years, JD has been making Pittsburgh basements very dry and improving indoor air quality with solutions like the Easy Breathe System. Eliminate unhealthy mold and allergy causing moisture without filters or reservoirs while using less energy than a 40 watt light bulb. Call 1 800 very dry or visit JD dwaterproofing.com pandemic market drops elections don't let the noise and fear distract you Where do you go for clarity in uncertain times? For experienced advice on planning for retirement, tune in right here Saturday morning at 10 for your retirement blueprint with Kurt Kanodik and Ethan Lane. Or call Accurate Solutions Group now for help navigating these unprecedented times. 412-515-3355. Investment advisory services are offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC, a registered investment
12: advisory firm. Hi, I'm Jim Daly with Focus on the Family. The coronavirus is changing how we live, work, and connect with others. Others. It's also affecting family finances as businesses close or reduce hours to lower the health risk. As changes in the workplace affect your family, don't hoard supplies or panic about the news of the day. Meet with your spouse without pointing fingers and work on a plan to cut expenses and create income. And finally, remember the needs of others. Together, we'll get through this
5: ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus, iHeart. Tune in and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh.
11: Cloudy, mild tonight with showers and a heavy thunderstorm. Low for the rest of your Tuesday, 54. Some spotty showers to start Wednesday, otherwise cloudy and breezy, high 67. Cloudy with showers late tomorrow night, low 46. Watch for showers to start Thursday, otherwise cloudy, windy and cooler with a high 51. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb.
3: So with all this um, supposed free time, and I will say supposed because, you know, some people are working at home, right? And uh, you still got to do the day-to-day. Maybe the only thing that's changed is your commute where you might be saving some free time. However, uh, with that free time, there is an opportunity to do things on that list. You've been going one of these days. And one of these days, people are talking about the instant gratification of home organization. I'm looking at, at an article, Kath, from today's Wall Street Journal. And it talks about a pair of younger women, um, uh, Corey Treplin and Clea Shearer. They are professional organizers who usually bounce between, get this... New York and Los Angeles to organize the homes of celebrities like Gwyneth Paltrow, See, Khloe yeah, Kardashian, that's and the gig. Mandy Moore,
4: yeah, that's the gig we should have gotten. We missed that train somehow. Being the organizer to the stars,
3: <laughs> I was thinking about that. So, what's that gig like? Right, someone. It's one pretty well. It pays
4: well. I can promise you that.
3: I bet it does. Right to go into someone's closet, and I'm, I'm sure someone's closet for the you know A list celebrities is probably a thousand, two thousand square feet, maybe. Right, right. And to dig down deep, because I don't know about your closets, but over time they can build up, and there's a lot of weird stuff in there.
4: Yeah. I. Is it too bold for me to say? I think I could do that.
3: Oh, that you could be a one of those home organizers.
4: Hello, I'm Maria Condon.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I know what sparks joy to me. I mean, it, it's weird because you'd be doing it for somebody else who's not you, right? But I. <laughs> You know, they say if you're going to decide your job or you're going to decide your side hustle, the number one thing you have to figure out is what you really like to do. What gives you satisfaction so that you can keep on keeping on? I love organizing. So I feel like that would give me enough of a rush that I could do that for a while.
3: Okay. So if you feel like you could do it, then I would imagine that your home is A plus organized. Mm
18: Mm-hmm.
4: You know what they say about the contractor's home? You know, he's so busy working on everybody else's home. Yeah, I don't exactly have that same excuse, but my house is not nearly as organized as I wish it was. But when it's not organized, it bothers me. Does that count?
3: No, I think that's probably the first key, right? If you know what a mess things are and you're carrying that burden, eventually (sighs) that burden will hopefully spill over into action.
4: And there's only so much time in a day, John. Right, you know, okay. that's the problem. I mean, if I had, you know, eight weeks off a year where I could spend, you know, six of them at home, just organizing my, you know, whatever, then that would be different, but it's not real life.
3: How about an organized, uh, organized sabbatical, right? People take sabbaticals to travel the world or to do different things. Wouldn't that be nice to just kind of, I'm going to think a sabbatical and clean everything in my house.
4: Don't talk to me about the sabbatical. You know, this is a sensitive subject for me. <laughs>
3: right. All right. Have you done any organizing?
4: Uh, I have done some organizing, but on a limited scale. I have not taken a room apart. I have taken three drawers apart and feel very good about them.
3: That's a start, is it Mm -hmm. not? What about you? Um, I started what I call phase one (laughs) of my basement. Just phase one. Is phase
4: one one the flamethrower?
3: Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. And I'm Uh like not even finished with phase one. I'm spending three quarters through because when... God bless them. The trash men show up this week. Oh, thank you. They've got themselves a load to bear. I, I went down. We've been talking. about... We have those plastic tubs in the basement.
4: You mean uh, like the organizational things with the lids? Yeah, yeah.
3: One of those. One of those, which was a large one, was filled with National Geographics. It's got away 250 pounds.
4: Oh my gosh! And-, and you're and you're keeping those because.
3: Someday I might need to look back to go right. to Bornea from right. the June and, and, and 1984 don't worry edition.
4: Don't worry, there's nothing from National Geographic online. <laughs> right.
3: But you know, and then uh, I went back uh, over the weekend. I also, heaven help me, God bless me, I threw away most of my parents' vinyl, which, Whoa! which included now, this is not your parents' vinyl. The soundtrack from Oklahoma.
4: Oh, yeah. The cheese Whiz whiz stuff.
3: Some Montevani. Okay. um, Mario Lanza, Best gosh!
4: Oh, my gosh, yes. That kind of stuff. So I felt like, okay. I don't like any of that.
3: No, anybody want this? Anybody need this? Plus, they've been in the basement, and there was a little mold on some of that vinyl. So we're not going to play it.
4: No, you're not playing that. That's good. Did you feel good purging yourself from that?
3: I did, but you know what I mean. It's your parents, so in some ways it takes on a sacredness. I mean, all of a sudden the cast cast album of Oklahoma. I was like, Dad, I'm sorry, I love you, Dad. But uh,
4: now, did did you you apologize to Shirley Jones or just your dad?
3: (laughs) I did hum a few bars of Surrey with a fringe on top.
4: Who was the who were the male stars in Oklahoma?
3: Gordon McRae. Okay, and I don't know who else. Yeah, but Gordon um, McRae.
4: uh, was John Rate in there anywhere?
3: Uh, I think you're right. Maybe on Broadway, maybe not in the
4: film. I think it was Broadway. Right. Okay.
3: Poor Judd is dead, which is a great song. I used to sing that. I hate the house. that
4: show. I love that song. I hate Listen, it. No, no. The oh, first it's, act gosh. of
3: that show. The first act of that show is is vintage oh, American musical. It's the so second cheese. Act, when you go into Lori's Dream. Oh, no, Kath. it's not cheese. It is. It's a really good show.
4: I the never liked act, it. Mm, I did. Okay. Love
3: the first act. Second act, whenever Laurie starts, you know, dancing around the stage, I'm like, okay, all right, Surrey with the fringe on top. That's right.
4: It. That seems like a stretch.
3: No, you know, poor Judd is dead. I mean, that's a great song. Is it? Oh yeah.
4: I never really made it through the show. I think the, I've just kind of like tapped in and tapped out.
3: You've never seen, have you seen a live production
4: of it? No like a high school
3: production. No. Oh, that's good. You should. No. Okay. It'll come up sometime.
4: I look forward to that, John.
3: I'm sure you do. Organize right. things first, please.
4: Okay. Coming up next, compassion and conviction. We're going to talk about a brand new thing, at least it's brand new to me. Might not be brand new in general. We'll ask our guests, the AND Campaign, Faithful Civic Engagement, how big churches can help little churches stay afloat in these times. Justin Gaboni, next.
0: Your teeth can't remote into the office or remain socially distant, and dental emergencies won't wait to flatten the curve. The good news While Stock Family Dentistry remains closed for routine care, they are open for emergencies, going above and beyond the norm to provide a safe, sanitary environment, pre-screening, and seeing only one patient in the office at a time. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com.
5: 101.5 WORD.
0: Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Graham.
3: We've all broken God's commandments. We've all sinned against the Holy God. Jesus Christ on the cross
8: died and defeated sin and at his resurrection, he defeated death. Tune in next time. For PowerPoint with Jack
0: Graham. PowerPoint tonight at 9.30 on 101.5 WORD. Easter is a day to celebrate life with those you love and Bistro To Go on the North Side is here to help you do just that with simply delicious chef-prepared meals ready to take home to your family table Easter weekend. Enjoy brown sugar-baked ham with pineapple sauce, maple glazed turkey, beef pot roast, or lasagna with a tasty array of side salads and sumptuous desserts. With cold pickups Saturday, April 11th or hot pickups Easter Sunday. Order now at bistroandcompany.com
17: If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take a
0: Choosing your child's school is a big decision. You want more than a great education. You need an education partner with high academic standards who respects your values, offers a safe place to learn, and where your child is known individually. For 35 years, Eden Christian Academy has provided ACSI-accredited college preparatory academics and a strong spiritual foundation of character and faith for students in preschool through 12th grade, where they're prayed for, known, and valued for who they are. Learn more at EdenChristianAcademy.org.
4: Man, it's hard to be part of a little church sometimes. I mean, the good outweighs the bad because you have a lot more of a personal investment. You oftentimes have a much more personal interaction with the other people in your church and the staff and the leadership. But in times like this, it can get really, really hard because you don't have the same income base. You don't have the same level of, you know, tech. Um, Availability—you don't have the expertise to carry off a space. lot of things that bigger churches have. You don't have the space. It's just things are things are really different, and so that's why John and I were so excited to hear about what Justin Gibney was doing, using uh, large churches and uh, leveraging the knowledge and the manpower that they have to help little churches. And so we're happy to have him with us today. Justin Gibney is co-founder of the And campaign. He's an attorney and a political strategist in Atlanta. Justin, welcome in.
19: Hey, Thanks for having me.
3: Glad to be here. Yeah, our pleasure, Justin. Hey, so uh, Kath and I, um, you know, as part of our job, we'll float around and go to different events at uh, large churches and small churches. And, you know, more often than not, like Kath was talking about, we'll go to a, you know, a large mega church, because Kath and I both belong to a, a sm- smaller churches. We'll go to a large church and go, oh, my gosh, look, they've got like a coffee bar. There's libraries. <laughs> there's, you know, all these different amenities. And you think, if, if only, if only. But at the same time, you know, um, there's a lot of power and a lot of grace in the smaller churches as well that we belong to. So so talk about that. Where did this genesis come from of the And campaign to look at large churches in some ways expend, extending a handout of grace to smaller churches? Tell us that
2: story.
19: Yeah, sure. So uh, the And campaign, we have a pretty big network of churches, big and small. And as I was having conversations with some of the smaller church pastors, I could just hear the anxiety in their voices. I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you all hit it on the head, uh, you know, not a whole lot of income coming in to begin with, but when, then when you can't have service and you may have older, um, you know, uh, congregants who don't, you know, get online to give, to give online, very quickly it becomes a serious issue. And so I could just tell through those conversations that they needed help. So I ended up, I ended up tweeting something uh, about, you know, it would be great if larger churches would help uh, smaller churches that are at risk. And people responded to it. I got a couple calls, and people said, Justin, you should do something about this. Made a couple calls to donors and just influencers that I knew, and everybody understood the need and wanted to join in. And
7: I've just been really
19: encouraged by how the body of Christ has stepped up on this issue. And we've only been going for about a week and a half, and we've already done quite a bit.
3: And so the cool thing right now, I think, Justin, is, you know, uh, with smaller churches, especially older, smaller churches, you know, a population might be, you know, 50 or 60 over that, you know, most churches now or a lot of churches now are streaming like we are right now on Zoom. So. The pastor goes on and he's got his laptop set up. But in smaller churches, and especially poor smaller churches, most people don't have access to a laptop or an iPad or even a phone. So they're essentially out of luck. They're not going to go and see their home church while this is going on.
19: Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, you have people that are, you know, it's hard to keep in contact with them. Obviously, you can get on the phone. But as far as them having any type of communication, Uh, outside of the phone with their pastor or seeing a service or just having fellowship uh, online or streaming fellowship, so to speak, it's just not happening. And so a lot of churches struggle through that. But then we can even get to, you know, even if you have a small staff and things of that nature, we know that there may be some government assistance coming, but we know that it's going to take a while. And for those small churches, it's even hard for them to know exactly what to do to apply for it. Uh, and so our, our our frame of mind with the churches uh, helping churches challenge was it's primarily the church's responsibility to step up and help our brothers and sisters in need, and we need to show the world what Christians do in a moment of crisis.
4: Right. I think there's often an inferiority complex when it comes to small churches, Justin, because you feel like, what, we don't, what, are we so incompetent? Like, we can't figure out how to stream our Sunday morning service, or we can't figure out how to get the laptop set up the right way so that when the pastor is speaking to us, there's not like a mop in the background. I mean, it's hard, though, right? It's it's just, it's a different focus and a different number of people available.
3: That's an inferiority.
4: Thing. I, never I thought about a-
3: it like that.
19: Yeah, I I think, I mean, maybe for some, I I think it's just a a lack of resources. And so uh, sometimes they don't have the knowledge base. I think there are are things that, as you guys mentioned, small churches do better. So, you know, I I, I wouldn't frame it as incompetence, but but definitely there are struggles just based on a lack of resources. I mean, you may not have a, a college kid or someone else in the church who, you know, uh, who does, who works with Facebook all the time, things of that nature. So, you know, it can be difficult just to do some of the things that come fairly uh, easy to larger churches.
4: Yeah. I'm not saying it's actual incompetence, Justin, but I'm saying as someone who has worked at a, at a small church for a long time, it feels that way when you are at, when you're, you know, part of a staff of a church, even if you aren't incompetent because other people, bigger churches can do so many things. You can't, you feel that way.
3: No, I, I hear you absolutely. Yeah. So then, how, how does this work, Justin? I mean, I, I love the idea. Of course, you know, if you come from a large mega church and you've got great resources, um, this is the first time I've heard about a larger church sort of reaching out to smaller churches. So the the call was made to put this together: compassion and conviction, and the "and" campaign, the guide to faithful yep. civic engagement. So how does that work? I mean, are, you're talking to pastors in larger churches and saying. Do what? How does, how does that, uh, you know, come down?
19: Yeah, so it's, it's kind of twofold. Uh, so you have the Churches Helping Churches Challenge. We've teamed up with uh, organizations like Movement Day and other organizations who have relationships with, with larger and smaller churches all over the nation. Uh, and so we're actually going, you know, kind of city to city to pair larger churches with some smaller churches that say, hey, here's some churches that are, that are in need. If you have anything extra that you can you can help out with, please do mm-hmm. that. So there has actually kind of be a process of pairing. But then also we wanted to make sure that we were doing our part. So uh, we're trying to raise about uh, $500,000 to give grants, uh, about $3,000 grants to smaller churches. Our grant uh, application o- opened up uh, earlier this week. And so we're in the process of, of, of doing that. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's twofold, but the main thrust of it is kind of pairing these churches and, and just bringing awareness to larger churches to say, hey, your help is needed, and let us help you You know, find a church in need if you don't already have that relationship. But it is very, very much wanted to be relational, no strings attached. We don't want people saying, you got to do this, this, and this with the money. We're trying to help people get through this time. And if you go to the website, we even – kind of creating the best practices so that, that this can be constructive and maybe even lead to, you know, recon- a greater reconciliation of the church.
4: Mm-hmm. So Justin, I'm, I'm really excited about this. Talk about how people can get involved in this and, and kind of either be a part of the giving or the receiving.
19: Yeah. All you have to do is go to churchrelief.org. Churchrelief.org is the website. You can either donate or, or if you're in need, you can, uh, uh, submit an application on the website and so we've made it uh, fairly easy not a whole lot of move, moving parts uh, the criteria is very clear and we just want to help as many churches as possible
3: I see so um, I'm sure it's a mix Justin of, of not only resources like money but muscle and um, what some other things as well what are those other things that you know that you, the larger churches can give to the smaller churches
19: yeah, I mean, on the front end, we talk a lot about the the, the money, because that is a reality. So sure. that is uh, on the front end what we're trying to get, and we're trying to get it out uh, fairly quickly. But on the back end, we want to provide resources, right? We want to, uh, if there are churches that say, hey, we do want to operate a little bit better, uh, there are other needs that we have that a large church may be able to help. You talk about uh, streaming, you know, there may be instances where, you know, the pastor can go to one of the larger churches and stream from there or something like that. There, are, uh, Once you build a relationship, Uh, there are a myriad of ways that we can help one another but we have to connect we can't stay isolated especially in the time of crisis
3: that's really good my my wife uh, grew up in rural missouri uh and we go back well we used to go back but the the family farm is gone but she the family was part of something called bacon chapel my wife would always talk about bacon chapel bacon chapel and when her mother died which was sort of like the the end of the, the the family lineage we all went back to Bacon Chapel. The The church itself had hung on for many years with, you know, eight or ten people, and finally everybody died away. And right around the, the the Bacon Chapel itself, one of those sort of prototypical little white chapels is the graveyard. And I remember, you know, the last time we were there, we spent an afternoon and just walked and read people's, you know, gravestones. And it was beautiful and, and, and bittersweet as well when you think, a lot of churches in America are like that, whether it's rural America or in the city. You know, the population shrinks. People are not engaged like they used to. So I, I really appreciate what, you, what you're what you doing, Justin, to try to equip and engage the smaller yeah. churches that are necessary as part of the, the strong Christian faith here in the United States.
4: That's churchrelief.org. Churchrelief.org. That's how you can either be a part of the uh, giving or the receiving. Justin Gibney, thank you so much for being with us today.
7: Thank you for
3: having me. We'll take a break. Come back. Uh, we got a little more ahead. We're going to talk about um, nurses and doctors. I, I, don't, I hope that you're the same. I don't get tired of the images of seeing people reaching out and trying to help nurses and doctors. We'll tell that story ahead.
9: Are you a responsible person who finds yourself growing deeper and deeper in credit card debt and you're not sure how to fix the problem? Then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity Debt Management is a non-profit organization that will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment. Put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, and reduce your interest rates by as much as 60%. You'll save thousands and become debt-free for keeps. It's not a loan. It's a smart way to relieve your stress, meet your obligations, and preserve your self-respect. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Gather up your bills and call this toll-free number for a free, no-obligation debt analysis. 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496.
10: This election year, you can vote red or you can vote blue, but yellow is always the right choice. Demand the yellow van when you have water damage and call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh.
9: Demand the yellow van. Service Master.
10: Politics can be, well, dirty. That's one mess Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh can't clean up. But we've got you covered on everything else, from water damage to smoke and fire damage. The man, the
9: yellow man,
10: called Service
13: Master. Hi, I'm John Henny from Henny Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. There's a virus spreading across the country, but I'm not referring to the one you think. I'm talking about a different pandemic, the left's attack on free speech. But one film is fighting back, No Safe Spaces, featuring Salem Radio Network's Dennis Prager and comedian Adam Carolla. And now you can watch No Safe Spaces from the comfort of your home at nosafespaces.com. Watch this film that Hollywood, Netflix, and the left doesn't want you to see. Go to nosafespaces.com now.
11: Napa cares about the communities across America they are a part of. That's why, for those of you still having to get out there, Napa Auto Parts, Auto Care Centers, and Napa Online are ready to help
12: you get where you need. That's Napa know-how. Hi, I'm Jim Daly with Focus on the Family. Working at home with children comes with many challenges and can easily impact productivity. Here's some helpful tips. First, plan out a daily schedule to accomplish your work while allowing other times to meet your kids' needs. Second, if possible, let your kids play outside for a while and build in a nap time for your younger children third, reward your kids for respecting your work time. Plan a fun surprise on a break or later in the day. Together, we'll get through this.
4: Many healthcare workers are showing themselves to be the heroes that we always suspected. Well, listen, we don't need any more proof than what we have seen in the last two weeks. John, I saw an, a really terrific article today. Um, it wasn't just an article. It was a bunch of, of social media posts and everything talking about healthcare workers who've shown the world what they're doing when they're not working, and that is praying. This is what Angela Gleave said. She's from Tennessee. She said, when you have a few extra minutes at work, you take time to go to the helipad and pray. Wow. So she had photographs that she put out and she said this, we prayed over the staff in our unit, as well as all the hospital employees. We also prayed over the patients and their families during this trying time. We prayed for all of our colleagues around the world taking care of patients and it felt good she wow. said, it felt good to do this with some of my amazing coworkers. We could feel God's presence in the wind. Mm-hmm. I love that. Know that you are all covered in prayers, what she said. Also, there was a uh, there was a piece put up by Jackson Health System in Miami. They shared a photo of eight healthcare workers, John, who were on a hospital roof all kneeling in prayer. This is how we started our morning today. Our team said a prayer, asking God for guidance and protection while we're at work and to keep us and our families safe. Those are the words of Danny Rodriguez, Senior ER Tech at Jackson South Medical Center. Well, that's
3: fabulous. Okay, so we all know this, that prayer changes things. Yep. So as you go about your life... And hopefully, with your family or your friends, if you're gathered in isolation, please pray. Yeah. Let's pray and make sure that uh, the doctors and the nurses, all the healthcare providers, yes. everybody, all the way through from the janitors, the security guards, anyone who's part of that healthcare giant, yeah. that prayer is with us for them specifically and their strength yeah. and their peace and their health.
4: Yeah. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for watching us on Facebook or listening to us on the radio. If you want to engage more, you can find us on Facebook at 101.5 Word FM or The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Have yourself a great night.
16: The
2: Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.